0: Good morning, Good morning. A warm welcome this morning. We'll begin our service of Holy Eucharist right to on the first page of your seasonal booklet. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be his kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.
1: only Son of the
0: Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray, and to give more than we either desire or deserve. Pour upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving us those things of which our conscience is afraid, and giving us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask except through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the readings.
2: Our first reading is from Habakkuk, excuse me. The oracle that the prophet Habakkuk saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not listen? Or cry to you, violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law becomes slack and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, judgment comes forth perverted. I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. It's, if it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. The Word of the Lord. Please join me in reading Psalm 37. Do not fret yourself because of evil doers. Do not be jealous of those who do wrong, for they shall soon wither like the grass and like the green grass fade away. Put your trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on its riches. Take delight in the Lord, and he shall give you your heart's desire. Commit your way to the Lord and put your trust in him, and he will bring it to pass. He will make your righteousness as clear as light and your just dealings as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret yourself over the one who prospers the one who succeeds in evil schemes. Refrain from anger, leave rage alone. Do not fret yourself, it leads only to evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait upon the Lord shall possess the Lamb.
3: The second reading is from 2 Timothy. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, lives in you. For this reason I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed, then, of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace." This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Lord Jesus, Lord Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher, and for this reason I suffer as I do, but I am not ashamed. For I know the one in whom I have put my trust and I am sure that he is able to guard until that day what I have entrusted to him hold to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are Christ Jesus guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the holy spirit living in us the word of the lord amen
0: you stand and join me with our for our gospel hymn hymn 634 to a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the seed, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from following or tending sheep in the field? Come here at once and take your place at the table. Would you not rather say to him, prepare a supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink? Later you may eat. You thank the slave for doing what is commanded. So you also, when you have done all that you are ordered to do, say, We are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. The Gospel of the Lord.
3: Praise to you, Lord Christ.
0: Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> we have one of those uh, bit of a cringy gospel readings today. The apostles begin by asking the Lord, Lord, increase our faith. It's almost like saying, Would you like faith with that? Yes, yeah, supersizing. Well, it seems like a reasonable request, doesn't it? Hey, this faith stuff is good. Let's have a little bit more of it. It's probably one that all of us might want to ask God from time to time. As people who follow Christ, we know the importance of faith. It literally describes what we are doing here today. It's what drives us. It focuses us. Jesus even talks about the power power of faith, right? He says, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, go and tell that mulberry bush. Go be planted in the seed. But you notice know one thing Jesus does not do is he does not actually take the request. He doesn't actually increase their faith. Why doesn't he do this? Maybe nobody wants to get on boats to go pick their mulberries. I don't know. But then he tells a parable, which is very troubling, probably was quite troubling in the first century, certainly troubling today for us in the 21st century. Which is, uh, he tells a parable of the slaves coming in at dinner. And he says, not You would not ask them to sit at the dinner table. He even goes as far to say, would you thank the slave for doing what he's commanded? I'm going to just get on a side note here. This is not telling people how to treat slaves. What it is telling, because remember Paul says, in Christ there is no slave or free. Christ is about equality and Christ is about building community. But what Jesus is doing here is he's just saying here's a commentary on what we know that life, how it exists in this day and age. So, you know, we have to kind of separate ourselves from what we would like to happen here, but what they probably have observed is happening. Rather, it's what they have observed is happening here. What Jesus goes on, he says, you know, they just do their duty because it's what they do. So, if we are servants of God, then the question becomes, what is our duty? What is it we are commanded? And Jesus only ever commanded us, really, to do one thing. The whole time in the Gospel, when he gives his commandments, what was Jesus' command? You guys know this one. Yeah, love God, love your neighbor. I give you this new commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So really, Jesus' entire only commandment is to love, which makes it feel like this teaching could be a bit paradoxical. If we love, we are compelled to do things out of love, not out of duty, Right? You know, because there's different motivations for doing things, right? You can do something out of fear, you can do something out of duty, or you can do something out of love. And those are all quite different ways of looking at the world. But duty and love aren't quite the same thing. But what Jesus is kind of pointing at us, he's pointing us in a little bit different direction here. And he's talking about faith. Now, 2 Timothy, our second reading today's. Paul says to Timothy, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. It's funny how names come back around because it feels like names that could have been anybody's grandmother and mother today, but anyway. And he says, And I'm sure now lives in you. Then Paul goes on and he said, For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice. Remember, it's not about fear, but rather... The spirit of power and love, power of love and of love, and of self-discipline. So much about what Jesus is getting at in this parable is that <clears throat> we have a role in our relationship with God. And that role is to be obedient to God. Now, obedience is a little bit tough. Maybe this is a good sermon topic since we're going to bless dogs later, Right? Um, but that's actually a problem because when we think of obedience, what do we think of? Sit, roll over. We think obedience is do what I tell you to do without questioning. The uh, late Stephen Payer, former, former canon to the ordinary of this diocese, used to remind clergy that obedience comes from the Latin word obedere, which is to listen. And obedience is about listening to one another. So it's kind of a mutual process. And so obedience to God isn't just, oh, i am just going to do it. But it's about building a relationship first. And so it means, first of all, obedience means putting God first <laughs> and putting others even ahead of ourselves. Remember, that's how you love God is by loving others. Second of all, obedience means being humble and kind, even when it's difficult sometimes. Obedience, thirdly, means serving and being a disciple. And Sometimes we don't feel like serving and being a disciple. And fourthly, it means giving, even when we are scared or unmotivated. You know, because sometimes giving can be a little scary. And so the other part of obedience is remembering that God is our relationship with God. Now, I mentioned this last week that we're not good because we love, or, yes, we're not good because we love God, but we are good because God loves us. And so part of obedience is remembering God's not here for our beck and call, we're here because God created us, we're here for God. And that becomes the problem of the apostle's request. It's easy to think of prayer as asking God for things, even things that seem noble, like faith. But it can still be selfish. I mean, wouldn't it be great to have enough faith to go, boy, look how much faith I have. I'm so faithful. And sure, it would be great if God would grant me that and I would look so good, but of course, That's not how faith really works. This is something we still see in Christianity, even beyond the days of the apostles. This this kind of idea is manifested in all kinds of ways, big and small. I think a lot of us would like to think of prayer as looking at God like a wishing well. You know, I'm nice, I pray, therefore God, you should give me what I want. I'm angry, God should take my side. I'm righteous, God should reward me. But it doesn't work that way. It's one of those frustrating things. Even when we read today's psalm and it talks about how the wicked will perish, well, yes, yeah, so it will everybody. Uh, the psalm is about the impermanence of all things. Uh, but, you know, it can be frustrating because we want our pat on the head. Sometimes we want that immediate reward. I'm reminded of Saint Teresa of Avila, who was a 16th-century Spanish nun. And she, she there's a story that says she got she was crossing a river on her horse, and the horse got startled and bucked her off, and she fell into the river, and she was overheard saying, Dear Lord, if this is how you treat your friends, it's no wonder you have so few. Yeah, I mean, thinking about it in those terms often puts God, makes God about our egos. The idea of like the prosperity gospel, if I give enough, I'm going to get a lot back. It's about our ego. It's about making faith about us and not about God. In fact, it's not even really about faith or why faith can't even be granted. Because faith, is putting our egos aside and focusing on God. Faith is our action. The reality is that God has already given us all things, everything we have, including our life and salvation. And so the beauty of faith is is not saying that God owes us something, but it's that we actually Give back to God. And to be obedient is an act of faith, in fact, it is faith itself. Faith is the vehicle for obedience and an outcome of of obedience. It's how we serve without hope of gain. It's how we pray to listen and not be heard. It's how we give without strings or hesitation. We tend to think of obedience being a drag or a hardship, but here's the really wonderful thing. We were created in God's image, and we were made for faith. We were made for obedience. And so, as much as it seems counterintuitive, when we put ourselves aside and serve God first, it becomes a joyful and fulfilling experience. Faith and obedience give us hope. They connect us with God and others, and they make us better and more whole people. In fact, they make us into the people that God created us to be. While we don't practice faith for our own selves, the beauty of it is we still gain from it this is the faith that isn't granted but it is what we do so let us increase in ourselves the faith that we have to serve god as we are called amen thank you for joining the saint john the divine podcast if you're interested in worshiping with us You can visit us at 9 a.m. at our church, which is at 216 East Chandler Boulevard in Burlington, Wisconsin. If you want to learn more about us, you can click the link in the description or visit stjohnthedivine.org. Just remember, we're the one in Burlington, Wisconsin, not the Cathedral in New York. Have a great day. Bye.